It is good to see your smiling faces. It is good to see any of your faces. Some of you I haven't seen for a long time, and some of you I have never seen your face before. So, um, and it's not bad. So, <laughs> it is good. I'd like to welcome our friends from Vanderbilt University. Um, they're here spending their spring break uh, serving uh, in the food pantries in, in Bloomington here. So let's welcome. It's good to have you. I generally say that I don't like to put people on the spot, but then I'll do it anyway. So I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, Wednesday of this past week that we just finished uh, was Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday begins the season on the church calendar that we refer to as Lent. Now, when I mention Lent, what is the first thing that you think of? Giving up food. All food? Like for the whole? Just some things, yeah. Sacrifices. Anyone else? Who said that? Angelo, you have to explain that one. <laughs> Lent, L-E-N-T, <clears throat> not Lent, okay, um, but for someone who's only been in the church for a, a couple of years, we will let that one pass, <laughs> okay, when you mention Lent, to most people, you know, right away it's thoughts of giving something up. Um, you know, giving something, that's what comes to mind. You know, people give up candy for Lent, or some people give up sweets. Some people might give up social media or TV, but Lent goes so much deeper than just giving something up. You know, the church I grew up in, we didn't eat meat on Fridays in Lent. Um, we could eat fish, but not meat, and that's why, you know, this time of year, you see a lot of the fast food places make a push for their, you know, advertising push for their, you know, fish sandwiches and that, because a lot of people in some traditions just don't eat meat on the first Friday, I mean, on the Fridays in Lent, and that's, you know, that's what I grew up with. That's why at this time of year, you, you, you see those uh, uh, sandwiches pushed. Um, it's also where my general dislike of Fish sticks comes from. My mom was a great cook until it came to fish. Her idea of fish was one of two things. Fish sticks, which just seem unnatural. You know, I've never seen a, sh a fish shaped like that. Or tuna noodle casserole, which, you know, I have since learned to like. I do like it now. I didn't then. So I, I did never liked Fridays in Lent growing up. But anyway, Lent is based on the 40-day season that Jesus spent in the wilderness when he got alone by himself to, to fast and to pray. And it's changed some over the years, but its observance goes all the way back to the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. It's a 40-day season from beginning on Ash Wednesday and leading up to Resurrection Sunday. If you look in the calendar and count the days, though, you'll see that there's actually, from between Ash Wednesday and Easter, there are more than 40 days, and that is because the Sundays during Lent 
do not count as Lent because they are a celebration of uh, the resurrection of Christ. So there's 40 days beginning Ash Wednesday to Easter, not counting the Sundays. Just a little, you know, something extra to, to know there. Um, the Lenten season is a season for reflection, renewal, and preparation. It's as we look forward to the celebration of the resurrection of Christ. It's a season in which to pause, reflect, and respond. Think of it this way. It's like spring cleaning for your heart. You sort through everything, evaluate what's there, figure out what really matters, and discard the rest. It's also a time to practice various spiritual practices such as self-denial or sacrifice and fasting and so forth. That's where the whole idea of giving something up comes from. Uh, it's like giving yourself a spiritual tune-up. Now this year during the Lenten season, we're going to be focusing on some spiritual practices that will help us focus our hearts and draw close to God as we approach the celebration of Easter. Today I want to focus on the spiritual practice of prayer. Now, right away when we say prayer, we think of so many different things. Everybody thinks of, you know, this or that. It's a broad subject. And, you know, excuse me, there's postures of prayer, there's frequencies of prayer, there's types of prayer, there's spontaneous prayers, written prayers, prayers in the Spirit. This morning I want to talk specifically about three types of prayer that are particularly suited to the purpose of Lent. But first, before we get into that, I want to talk, I, I, I want to, uh, you know, as we get ready to talk to God, I want to talk about something to prepare us. I think it's, it's important that when we approach God, that we take time and just pause. We take time and pause. The psalmist said in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Some other translations say, Stop your striving and recognize I am God. Pause a while and know that I am God. <laughs> or desist and confess that I am God. Before we begin telling God everything that's on our hearts, everything that we are anxious about and what we need, take a few moments and just pause and acknowledge God. Acknowledge his presence with us. Acknowledge who he is. You know, God is not a vending machine in the sky where you put your money in, push a button or pull a lever and, and get what you want. He's not a benevolent Santa Claus who gives you everything if you want if you're on, your, on his good list, but if you're on his bad list, he puts coal in your stocking. That's, that's not a picture of God. He's not someone that we bargain with. Okay, God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. How many of us have done that before and miserably failed when God came through to us, you know? Um, it just, you, you can't bargain with God and you can't manipulate God thinking you're going to pull one over on him. He's not someone that answers to you or to me and, or, or who's going to consult you or me to see what we think he should do. He's God. 
He's the sovereign creator of the universe who answers only to himself. He dictates the terms of our relationship, not us. When we come to him, it's on his terms. He is God. We are not. But he's long-suffering. He's compassionate. He wants good things for us. He wants what's best for us because he loves us. And we approach him knowing what he's already that, that he's already shown us how much he loves us by sending a son. We approach him with the confidence we have in Jesus because he's already proven his love for us. Not that he had to. He just did because he wants us to know. So take time to pause during this season of Lent with everything going on around us Take time to pause and know that He is God. And then let's pray three kinds of prayer. First, let's pray prayer for a heart check. We want to ask God for a heart check. Now, that can be scary to some because asking someone to point out everything that's not right in your life or that, you know, should be different, that can be threatening. That can be scary. But when we pause first and call to mind who God is, then our fear melts away. And then we can pray like David did in Psalm 139. says, search me, God. Know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. The NIV uses the word, the word hurtful. The NIV says offensive, any offensive way in me. The NLT says, anything that offends you. Lord, if there's, search my heart. If there's anything in me that offends you. Uh, literally, literal translation is way of pain. Way of pain. In other words, they are the thoughts, words, attitudes, actions that are harmful to ourselves, that are harmful to others, and that grieve God's heart. So we pray... Here's my heart, God. Here I am. Here's my heart. I open it up to you. Show me. Show me what needs to change. And the more we truly know God and know his character, then the easier it becomes to pray a prayer like that. And the easier it is to hear what he tells us in response when we pray. Because we know that he's answering that prayer out of love. In another place, David says it like this. Put me on trial, Lord. Cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. When we look through the lens of our own eyes, we have a way of justifying the things we do. I mean, we can find a rationale, we can find a reason, or we can find an excuse for just about anything anything. But when we look through the lens of God's Spirit, 
as he searches our hearts and minds, that's when we begin to see things as they really are. That's when we begin to see ourselves as we really are inside. So ask God for a heart check. This Lenten season, go to God, search my heart, Lord. Show me anything that I need to change, anything that, that is not the way you want it in my heart. Ask him for a heart check and then sit with him a while and listen to see what the Holy Spirit says. You know, we can pray that and say, okay, God, show me, show me what I need to change. Show me what I need to change. I really want to be just like you and, 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 and show me this. Oh, amen, bye. And then we're off through the day without even taking time to listen. It's important when we pray, especially when we ask God something like this, to listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to show us what's in our hearts. What's, what is he saying? And then that leads to the next prayer for the Lenten season, and that is, a prayer of repentance. After the Holy Spirit shows us, you know, Dave, your attitude about this person isn't right. Or what you said to that person yesterday, I wasn't too thrilled with that. When he shows us what's in our heart, then what should follow is a prayer of repentance. King David was a tremendous man of God, but he was not without his faults. I mean, face it, he slept with another man's wife, got her pregnant, tried to cover up his sin by having her husband killed and marrying her, thinking, okay, so now when the baby's born, people will just maybe think it was just prematurely no one will know but God knew and he sent the prophet Nathan to David to confront him with the sin and David's response serves as a model for how to respond when God examines our our hearts and lives and shows us what we need to change he didn't try to justify or excuse his sin he didn't blame anyone else his response was a beautiful word called repentance. It's a beautiful word because it means that God is giving us another chance. He's giving us the opportunity to make things right with him. We have, and, and, and we have David's prayer of repentance recorded in, for us in Psalm, 9, Psalm 51. David wrote this after he was confronted by, the, by Nathan the prophet, and this is what he said. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, Renew a steadfast or renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. A prayer of repentance is a prayer of transformation. And it's really, it's a prayer of joy because we get to make things right with God. It's a prayer that opens the door to seasons of refreshing and renewal in our lives. Acts 3.19, the Apostle Peter said, Therefore repent and return, a return to God, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing 
may come from the presence of the Lord. If you want a time of refreshing to come into your life, if you want a time, if you want to go to God and say, God, I need you refreshing, I need you renewing, then, then, then ask him to search your heart, show you what needs to change, and then begin to repent of that and begin to make that change and watch the refreshing of the presence of the Lord come into your life. Turning to God in, repent, in, in, in repentance brings forgiveness and refreshes our souls. The Jewish prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 30, 15, For this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said. In repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. He's telling them that. He's saying, look, it's in repentance and rest you'll be saved. It's in quietness and trust. That, that is your strength. And the next, very next line is such a sad commentary on the, on, on the nation, because the next line says, but you weren't willing. He says you weren't willing for that. Whenever the Holy Spirit searches our minds and convicts us of the things that, that don't belong in our lives, it's because he loves us and he wants to draw us closer to the Father. So why do we resist him? You know, in, instead, let's be like David and, 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 and pray, grant me a willing spirit. Grant me a willing spirit, Lord. And we move to the next prayer. The next prayer that's a good one to pray for the season of Lent in particular, and that is a prayer of surrender. Where we come to the Father and say, here's my life. Every area. Every single area. Every part of me. I'm giving myself to you. I'm surrendering to you. Romans 12, 1, the Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. True worship doesn't just stop with raising our hands as we sing songs. It's when we extend our hearts and say, Use me, God. Here I am. I surrender myself to you. Spend me however you want. It's like someone said, I'm like, you know, like coins in the Lord's pocket to spend however he wants. I'm yours. It's surrendering our lives and living for him. Luke 9.23, Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Prayer surrender is not about us and what we want. It's about what the Father's will is. And like in so many other areas, we look to Jesus as a model for this prayer. We look to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was about to face the most difficult, the most trying time of his life. The culmination of everything he came here for was about to happen, and he knew what he was facing. He knew that he was about to be betrayed. He knew that he was about to be arrested. He knew that he was about to be uh, tried and, and beaten and, and you know, flogged and, and crucified. The shame, the, the horror, he knew it all. He had seen crucifixions. It was commonplace. In that time, the Romans were 
they, you know, they, they, they were masters at it. He had walked the roads and seen crucifixions, people hanging on crosses outside the city. So he knew what he was about to face. And he cries out to the Father and says in Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. And then here it is. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Father, I really am not looking forward to going through with this. But it's not my will. It's your will. It's not about what I want, Father. It's whatever you want. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm committing myself to. A prayer of surrender. I want to take a moment and just pause and ask, as we've been talking about all of this, is there something that has come to mind that God has brought to your remembrance or brought up before you and said, I want you to surrender this to me. Maybe it's something that's going on that's not right and he's calling you to repentance. Maybe it's something that just simply you're trying to make things work, trying to do things your way, and God says, I've got another way, and you've been resisting that. Whatever it is, is there something that God's been bringing to your mind and you want to just turn it over to him? And give it to him. I want to give opportunity for that right now. I want everybody to stand. We typically typically with a, a, a message like this, I'll just have people maybe raise their hands and, and you know, if they want prayer or, 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 or something and, and stay where they are. But this morning, I keep have felt prompted by the Lord that this morning what he wants to do is you have something, if you have part of your life that you know he's speaking to you about just surrendering to him, then I want to ask you to leave your seats and come up front and just stand across the front, and we want to pray. Remember, Acts 3.19 says, Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I want to pray for times of refreshing, but it's contingent on being able to just surrender our lives to him. Surrender, whatever. I mean, you may be, you, you, you know, you could be walking with the Lord for 50 years and still have things that you go through that it's like, you know, I need, I need to surrender this to God. I need, I'm going through this, and I need just to, to give it to Him. So we're just going to take a minute and ask anybody that would like 
prayer have something they want to surrender to come forward. I know it's unusual. We typically don't do this. But every time I have thought about this message and preparing it, I saw people across the front and I felt like the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to also ask anybody that, um, Susie, I want you to come up. Pam, I want you to come up. Laura, um, if you've been through our School of Kingdom Ministry training, um, uh, I want you to come up and I want you to just bless these people now. I don't see anybody up with, if, any, if, if, if somebody you're praying for is wearing a mask, I want you to wear a mask. We've got some right here up front. Um, but uh, those that have come up, I just want you to just, in your heart, hand whatever it is over to God. Just in your heart, say, Lord, I give you this. And then we're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and bring a renewing and to bring a, fresh, a refreshing. And the prayers that have come up, just gently lay your hand on their shoulder or on their head and, and ask God to bless them and to bring a refreshing and to bring renewing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we surrender our lives to you. Every area, especially that area that we've been holding on to, it's yours. Lord, we confess to you And say, not my will, but yours be done. So Holy Spirit, come. Begin to rest on your people. Come in power. Come in power. We're pausing Pausing, we're being still and remembering He is God and asking Him to come. Come, Holy Spirit. His presence is here. I mean, He's always here with us, He never leaves us. But his presence is beginning to manifest on some of you. And you can feel his presence. You can feel his peace. Let the refreshing of the Lord come in. Burdens fall away. Burdens fall away. Heaviness begin to lift. 
Susie, if you have something, feel free to come up. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. come Lord I felt just kind of strongly that um, I needed to share I have a, a I'm going to be reading from the book of common prayer oh Lord let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun glory to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Teach us, Lord, the unquenchable joy of sins forgiven, friendship restored. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord Then you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Therefore, all the faithful will make their prayers to you in time of trouble. When the great waters overflow, they shall not reach them. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Teach us, Lord, the unquenchable joy of sins forgiven, friendship restored. Teach us, Lord, the unquenchable joy of sins forgiven, friendship restored. 20th century mystic and philosopher Simone Weil said, Today it is not nearly enough merely to be a saint, but we must have the saintliness demanded by the present moment a new saintliness, saintliness. Lord, give us to act, live, and pray as the times determine. Make our faith grow to accommodate the needs of your people and the fulfillment of your kingdom. Amen. Amen. While Susie was reading that, I got this picture in my mind of a desert, dry, dusty, sandy desert, but right in the middle was an oasis, the coolest, most refreshing pool of water you could imagine, surrounded by lush vegetation. And I felt that the Lord said, the oasis is my presence presence of the Lord. Many of us have felt like we've been these last couple of years in a desert experience. It's been difficult. But right there in the center where the Lord is, the presence of the Lord, He brings refreshing. He brings renewing. He brings new life. And the thing is, we can enter his presence at any time through the blood of Jesus. 
Holy Spirit, continue to rest on us throughout the day, throughout the week, Surprise us. Surprise us. I, I, I really believe that, just keep your eyes open this week, because I believe that there will be times, some of you will experience times where you're just going through all the week, just going through your daily stuff, your daily routine, everything you have to do, and there will be times when all of a sudden, boom, you're just going to sense God's presence on you right then. You know, it won't necessarily be time you stop and pray or something like that. It's just going to be, it's going to, he's going to surprise you. And when that happens, it's amazing. I remember, you know, times when I've been sitting at a restaurant, you know, just waiting for lunch. And all of a sudden, it's like I sense the presence of God fall so strongly. I knew he was right there. And it's like, Wow. Watch for that. Watch for that. We're going to go ahead and, and um, dismiss. Um, let me leave you with a benediction. May your troubles keep you near the cross. It's really the only place to be. May your struggles show that God is near. May your battles end the way they should with his victory. May your bad days prove that God is good, even in the midst of all of it. And may your whole life prove that God is good. God bless you. We'll see you next week.